We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my co-host, Nathan Powell. We're once again Danless Nathan, but hopefully he's back soon. I have a feeling, you know, there's uh, energy in the air. I can I can feel a Dan appearance coming soon. You know, just going to start like, uh, do have a, I have a Dan shrine in my closet that I, I pray to every night that he'll come back to the Tradecast. What's in the Dan shrine? The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Well, um, as some people may know, I met Dan um, last week at the Hard Rock in Tampa. He was in town for work. And so I actually clipped a piece of his hair. And so... um, (laughs) It's just a shrine to Dan, and it has a, a locket of his hair. No kidding. Well, I did. I mean, I, I heard through our chat that you guys hung out, but I, I doubt the listeners are aware that you took him to the Hard Rock Cafe out of all the restaurants. No, Hard Rock Casino. Oh, Casino, different, better actually. You guys yeah. lose any money? 
Uh, I didn't because I don't have money to lose. But basically, we were walking, we were walking around the casino, just like chatting, talking about all of these fantasy people and how much you guys all, are all terrible. Uh, and Dan was like, "Hey, like, do you want to play that slot machine?" That I'm like, no, I don't want to lose money. And then he ended up playing some some like video poker and lost all his money. All right, that sounds about right. Sounds like Dan. All right, well enough enough bantering on about you and Dan meeting in real life. Uh, we have a guest today, and that is uh, Travis May. Uh, of the Dynasty Command Center. A new podcast has just come out, to my knowledge, here. What are you, four episodes in, Travis? Yeah, four episodes in. It's been a lot of fun. I, I made it through uh, 115 episodes of the Dynasty Life podcast with Justin and Andrew. And uh, so uh, it was about time for uh, some change, and I, didn't, I no longer have editing responsibilities. So <laughs> uh, that, that was only drop us. Someday. Someday I'll I'll wave that on to somebody else. You have like a full time editor because that would be a sweet gig. Just shout out to uh, Aaron McDowell. Uh, just uh, definitely appreciate the help there. So no kidding, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, make sure you guys check it out. Uh, you you guys have some real talent over there at the Dynasty Command Center. It's another one. Ryan McDowell, a regular on the show, is there. T.J. Hawkins, a regular on the show, is over there. Um, Brian Malone, regular on the show. Regular on the show. Who am I missing? Yeah. Curtis, and I don't know that he, he's been on the show once. I think when I was yeah. here, I don't know. Um, so I can't say regular, but been on the show. So uh, obviously, some great people and very, very knowledgeable Dynasty guys. So um, go check it out. Is there what's the website for Dynasty Command Center? Is there even one? Just DynastyCommandCenter.com. Yeah, uh, you can actually check out uh, the uh, DynastyCommandCenter.com to find you know all the you know, information on our premium slack and rookie guides and roster analytics and best ball stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Um, all right. Well, um, we'll, uh, let me do a quick rundown of the show. We'll tell you guys about Rotoviz and then we'll get into it. So, uh, we're going to talk through, uh, people losing their jobs. We're going to kind of go through a list of players at each position, talk about, uh, where we see them in the 2019 season forthcoming, um, whether or not they have a job, as as I endearingly have written as a South Park fan, they took our gerbs. Uh, so I'm hopeful. Nathan, that's supposed to be where you hop in. You say gerbs. I, I, I never got into the South Park thing. So wow. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just going to be on my island. If you're the car playing along, yeah, just <laughs> go ahead and scream it out. It's fine. Uh, all right. So uh, but as I mentioned before, we get an L, oh, and then we'll do a, a rookie or Devi. Um, so. Uh, you know, that'll be sweet too, is where Nathan will try to stump us. So that's always fun. No, that's no, that that's Debbie or not. We're doing rookie or the Debbie where we compare one 2019 rookie with a Debbie player. I get our bits mixed up. So, okay. All right. Sweet. I'll, I'll talk about I'm uh, sure you'll I'll, be very knowledgeable on all the Debbie players here. Yeah, I'll be quiet. So that's what I'll be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, before we get into the show, I do want to put out a quick reminder um, that you can support uh Rotoviz uh, by signing up for Rotoviz, you can get a thirty percent discount off of a Rotoviz premium account right now. Um, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, it's available on our on our podcast homepage, and it helps support this pod. Um, so you can gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and you get amazing value to support the podcast network. And once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Um, Nathan, let's go ahead and hop into the they took our job section. Alrighty, we're going to stick, start off with the quarterback position. I think I'm going to start with what is probably the most obvious one uh, entering the offseason, and it's Eli Manning. Uh, will he have a job entering the 2019 season? I'm going to start off with no. I think that at the very least, uh, the, the Giants invest an early round pick first, or two rounds 
at the quarterback position, which might mean that okay, Eli Manning serves as like the Kurt Warner that he had where first four or five games he gets beat up a little bit, and then they throw in the, the young guy. Um, and if not, you know, they might as well give a shot to Davis Webb or whoever the, the young backup is. Uh, or no, no, I, I think he's gone. It's uh, Laletta now. Um, either one. Anyways, I think some some sort of young quarterback is going to get a, a, a shot with the Giants, and Eli Manning is going to lose his job um, or retire. Who knows? I mean, that's a possibility as well. Um, what's your outlook on the Giants quarterback situation? Uh, will Eli Manning indeed lose his job, Travis? Yeah, I, I don't know if he will because I mean, after 2019, he's pretty much an unrestricted, you know, unrestricted free agent still right now. So I think they might give him one more send off season. And uh, so I think even if they do draft somebody, um, let's just say top 15, I'm not sure that that immediately means that. Eli Manning is going to get get benched. Uh, I think they've been irrationally committed to him for long enough. Why not make it one more season? So uh, yeah. I think that's just where they're probably going to be, even if it's Haskins, who is the obvious quarterback one choice right now. Yeah, and that, that's that's my take too. Is it's There's just this class I don't think. First off, having a rookie come in and just dominate. They have the sixth pick. Um, he would have to show really well in camp to get, the, get it right out of the gate. Now, again – as I always say, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, the team has a lot of pressure to put them in within that year usually. And so we've seen it with like Lamar or Lamar Jackson. We've seen it with basically every single one of the rookies that was drafted in the first round this year. They've gotten their chance. So do they come in and start? Did Sam Bradford start? Yeah, he did. But did he finish? He did not. So uh, that that's probably the more likely scenario for me is that he loses his job somewhere like week eight to 10 um, as the Giants start sucking, and then they finally stick him in, and, and the coaching staff tries to save their job. Yeah, I might feel different, uh, more confident in him losing his job if I felt like they could get, you know, a Tua Tango Bailua or Trevor Lawrence, you know, who yeah, or, or they were in the, the first pick, and that those are the guys who come out of the gate swinging usually the first and second picks. Six is gonna yeah. right, uh, but. And, and all like they're projected to, to be the team that takes the QB one with, with that six pick. There's not not really anyone in the top five picks other than possibly a, a Raiders. If we talk about Derek Carr losing his job in a little bit, um, but other than that, for the most part, the top five has young quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are cemented in, in their place. So, I mean, it, I don't think it really matters that much whether the QB one goes one overall, the QB one goes six overall. That player is going to have pressure to to start early and you know to be the franchise quarterback for a team. Well, again, I I just am not sure that the draft order holds as it sits right now. Is I feel like you could like somebody's going to move up because there's a lot of QB needy teams and not very many good quarterbacks in this class. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and, and pivot on to our next guy and talk about Jameis Winston. This is your boy Nathan. Um, Jameis Winston's kind of had a resurgence in value um, after after the the coaching change here. Uh, what are your thoughts on him keeping his job, Nathan? As a hometown man, I'll let you start. I think that he's played just well enough to, at the very least, let the Bucks let him play out his contract. Yeah, um, I, I think that. With Winston, it's like, I'm not sure if you really want him to be your franchise guy, but he's just good enough above replacement level that it's like, well, it's either Jameis Winston or Ryan Griffin. And obviously Ryan Griffin is not a franchise quarterback. So I I think Winston, at at the very least, holds on to a starting job in Tampa for uh, 2019. But I do think that the the future is a bit uncertain and there's some volatility with, with his future. 
Yeah, what's Winston's deal? Is he so he's got the option this year, and they can? They, well, no, they, they picked up his fifth year option. Yeah, and so technically they can cut him in February with, with no penalty, but there's no reason to do that. Um, so he, he basically he's on a one year deal. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just I'll just hop in real quick and say I pretty much agree with that. I think he's he's going to be fine, and he's he's one of those guys that's like just average quarterback. I, I lump Andy Dalton kind of into that where. It's just difficult to find somebody better than them without investing just a ton in it. Yes, yeah, I think he's going to get a similar deal where, uh, you know, we've seen some quarterbacks like even Blake Bortles got extended, you know, like guys, yeah. guys that had no business really getting real money. They get real money because it's so hard to play the quarterback position. So I, I don't think he's really at risk. I think they'll stick with him, give him kind of a cheap deal with an out after two years beyond this year, you know, uh, with with the cheap cut past you know, let's just say 2021 after they kind of figure something out in the middle of this year, it's probably going to look similar to whatever, you know, Mariota's deal ends up being too. It's funny that they were supposed to be, you know, that same class picks one and two supposed to be great quarterbacks. Both had hot starts to their career. And yeah. now we're talking about whether they're going to lose their job or not. I mean, yeah, you remember like Mariota being like the discussions of like, is he the overall dynasty QB one? And like, man, has that gone deaf over the or gone silent over the years um yeah that's i mean yeah i think that's i think that's all spot on um who do you want to do next nathan in the list let's go with ryan tanhill who's the next one on the list i i think that uh he is one that he's going to have an nfl starting job somewhere but i think that of the quarterbacks that we'll talk about tonight he's the most likely to get traded or to get cut and then re-sign somewhere else um, I, I think that the Dolphins are done with Tannehill. That, that they have the, the new coach coming in, Brian Flores. I'm not even sure who his offensive staff is going to be, but I think they're going to want to start new in Miami with with a quarterback position, if at all possible. So, I mean, we talk about the, the draft order shaking up. The Dolphins could be a team that try and trade up for a Haskins or a Kyler Murray. Some people have them taking Kyler Murray just at 13. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Tannehill is not long for a job in Miami, but – just like Winston, he's just good enough above replacement level quarterback right. that he's going to find a way to get a job. And if not a job, like, you know, kind of like the Tyrod deal where he ends up being, you know, the bridge quarterback to, to, you know, getting a, a young guy up on, on the, in the field. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I think this year he could lose his job at some point in the middle of the season and then they cut bait and all they have is about 5 million in dead cap after this year, which isn't crazy. So I mean, it's, he's kind of he's got a weird deal to try to trade. I think it's like twenty, it's over twenty five million. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty sure on this annual cap hit. So that's tough to trade. But you know, if if it's a really QB needy situation and they recognize he has an easy to cut deal next year, I could see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the more likely scenario. Even if they draft high, they'll they'll keep Tannehill around. I mean, he's he's serviceable enough that if, if he's if he's your number two on the team, I mean, he, and sure he maybe he'll moan, but I mean, also he's never really been the loud like complain about not getting not getting enough attention or um, not getting the love so he'd be the kind of guy who probably could sit on the back burner for a year and just wait for his deal the following year wait to get paid somewhere I could certainly see that happening I don't know that he again I don't see him losing his job next year so to speak but I think the writing's on the wall that he's no he's not going to be there in Miami uh, for the he's not their answer for the foreseeable future all right, let's move on to Derek Carr. Will he survive another offseason with John Gruden at the helm? Uh, I think that he is the one who is most likely to get traded just because teams might actually want him as opposed to some of these other guys. Um, but 
also the salary cap obviously becomes a big part of that and how what, what the you know penalties are for trades and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how things like that play out. But I, Carr, once again, I think he's going to be starting quarterback. I'm just not sure it's in Oakland. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, yeah, and Gruden's just wild enough to actually do this move where he takes a, a – average quarterback and trades him off or does something. I, I think he, he'd be the guy who actually could find a price tag uh, that he would, that he would do it. So I, I, yeah, I mean, if they, if they draft a, a quarterback in this, in the top five, I think it's the writings everywhere that that's what's, you know, that that's the direction that they're going to be going. And I think Gruden wants his guy at this point too. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think the Raiders actually pre Gruden did something smart and actually extending car, Early, pretty early. I mean, they kind of locked themselves into, as far as quarterback money goes, a pretty cheap deal. Like yeah. we're just talking about how Tannehill's do like twenty five, twenty six million this year. Well, Carr's actually got four years worth, all cheaper than that. So I, I definitely agree with uh, people are not only going to want him because he's probably a better option than somebody like Tannehill, but also he's about the four, you know, three four million cheaper, and that that twenty two or whatever it is per year cap hit is going to look cheaper and cheaper and cheaper every year that he's signed. So that's going to be a, a decent deal for wh- whoever has him because it, it, which is weird, but we're talking about twenty two million being cheap, but that's just the market we live in right. these days. So uh, I think you know we could see a crazy move with him. If if somebody wanted to come call and you know get a, a serviceable uh, quarterback, well, let's talk about kind of dynasty trade sides of that coin because um, Carr's dynasty value right now is pretty ice cold, even in yes. even in super flex leagues. I mean, I I don't know if anybody out there tooting the horn to go out and buy him. I mean, is this somebody who we see landing on its feet somewhere else? Somebody you could target for like a second round pick in a if you could make it happen in like a super flex league, trying to put him on your team. Yeah, that's definitely a price I'd be willing to pay a shot in the dark at. At the very least, he ends up being a low-end NFL quarterback, and that's worth something in Superflex. So uh, I think that I'd, I'd be fine throwing like an early second and a mid-third or something around that price range. But obviously, you know, more often than not, people are – when it comes to metal hits the road, or I don't know what the saying is there. But rubber meets the road, people aren't really dealing starting quarterbacks for that price because they know – even the worst starting quarterbacks are worth something in Superflex. But I think this is the point where you have a lot of owners, car owners, that are very skeptical that he continues to have a job and could see this as like the I get out before the bottom falls out kind of thing. Um, and especially if especially if the Raiders draft a QB uh, at, at pick five, then that bottom will fall out value-wise. So I completely agree. I think maybe the play here is when, it, when and if that happens to – start targeting car for very cheap prices and dangle that like in front of the owner saying, Oh, well, you know, you're, well, I'll take them off your hands and I'll, I'll handle the risk. You take the second round pick and feel good about it. Yeah, it's really, I, I, it's hard to tell really, but every league is unique with, especially with super flex values. I found all my super flex leagues are just weird. They're just unique to finding values the right value for for Carr and quarterbacks like him are going to be tough, especially when there's questionable value. But I'm with with Nathan and that you know you just any quarterback that has any remote shot at starting has value. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, going through the list of people that we've talked about already, like Tannehill, I don't think I would be thrilled about purchasing for a second round pick. Manning, I don't think I want for that either because I think his career is very short for the road. So those are, I mean, Winston, I think the 
there's there's been a, a bit of a hot stove for Dynasty Twitter on Winston right now. Uh, like I said, with coaching change, but all the others, I, I think Carr and Winston are the only two I would have really much interest in owning out of the ones we've talked about thus far. That's true. Yeah, I, I would also have interest in our next guy, and that's Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati Bengals. Red Rifle. And, and red, red Rifle. And the the one thing, honestly, the, the, the short term of Andy Dalton's career is completely reliant on Zach Taylor and what he wants to do at the quarterback position. Obviously, he, he's not in a, quite a position to invest in a franchise quarterback where, where they are in the draft. Certainly, they could try and trade up and then and go about it that way. But do you really want to do that when you have – like? Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. Maybe he's not like a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So he's who, also not a playoff game winning quarterback. I'd like to point out too. So yeah, I mean, but you're you're not a playoff winning quarterback until you win playoff games. Like you know, I feel like that's just you know some some bad luck and you know just having you know some difficult matchups and things like that. But with, with Dalton, I, I think that he's he's a good good quarterback. He's going to be on a start, starting for a team. Pretty much, I mean, I don't know. Is is Andy Dalton considered like a lock to be a starter, even if he were to be elsewhere, Travis? Or do you think there's a shot that he's in the quarterback competition? I, I think he has to be in that competition type tier. I mean, like I, I don't know. I don't really want to know. He had a couple of decent seasons. I'll give him that. That's great. But I think he's just to the point where uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone's seriously wanting him to be their franchise quarterback. So he'd be a really great backup. It's like, how long did Blaine Gabbert need to be a starter before the world was like, you know what? Uh, you're a backup now. And so Dalton's probably a step up from that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that's unfair, I think, with, with Gabbert. I mean, Gabbert was never good. I mean, and, and Dalton is never good in the postseason. But he's, he's I, I, here's what I'll say. At no point in owning Andy Dalton in a super flex league have I ever felt bad or uncertain about putting him in my lineup. Because the guy just doesn't give you seven points. The guy's basically a lock for twelve to fifteen, and every now and he's got the upside for thirty too. So he's he's one of my favorite QB twos in a super flex format, just for that reason that I think he's got the upside and a very high floor. Yeah, and this is kind of just a, a random thought, but I, I think that if the Raiders uh, lose Derek Carr through a trade, I think that Andy Dalton might be a target in a trade for for John Gruden because he loves to collect veteran quarterbacks. And so he might see something in Andy Dalton. I'm sure that there's a tape of him praising how great the Red Rifle is on Monday Football. Um, well, yeah, that's literally everyone. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, that was, the, that was the joke, Eric. I know. I'm just <laughs> – yeah. Man, God, man, he's great. All this right. Guy. Let's close out the quarterback position with the guy who I think on this list is the most guaranteed lock to not have a, uh, a locked-in starting job week one of 2019 – and that is Blake Bortles. Yeah. Now, the Jaguars are certainly devoid of talent at the quarterback position, so it might not be the fact that uh, the Jaguars bring someone in to, to plant him. It's more so they just end up releasing him. And then Blake Bortles is not going to find himself signing with a team as a starter. He will sign with a team as a, okay, he's going to be our backup, and if our guy gets hurt, then it's okay to bring in Bortles in relief. So. I think that there's pretty much no shot that he has a, a locked in starting job week one of 2019. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. The Blaine Gabbert. That's <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> Although even he had like that one year where he like just blew it up and had like 30 point games all over the place when they were like playing from behind the whole time. I think it was two years ago, three years ago. Uh, that even he had like more ups. He had he had like a 
higher ceiling than Blaine Gabbard. I, I have no fond memories of Blaine Gabbard being on my squads. Not a single one. All right, let's move on to the running back position. We're not going to hit on all these names, guys, so I figured I'll, I'll just pass along to each of you to, to pick a name or two. Uh, yeah. Travis, uh, which running back will be losing value and lose his job in 2019? Ooh, I think uh, out of all these, I was I was actually looking at Chris Carson here recently and just uh, thinking to myself, man, his average draft position is incredibly high. And so I was like, why is that? And I looked and he actually had 1,100 yards last year, which was crazy. Yep. But then at the same time, it's also crazy that the 27th pick or whatever it is overall is just watching him do it, getting 85 touches. I think they're probably going to just muddy up that situation and it's not going to be worth your while to invest anywhere near the prices that you are having to right now, considering what he just did with 1,100 yards last year. I think that's going to be his best season ever, and they're not just going to throw away a first-round draft pick in Rashad Penny and say, you know what, you can just ride the bench. That's fine. Uh, so I guess out of out of the crew that I, I, I'm looking at here, which there's like a, a dozen of them, that, that's one that at least based on where he's going right now, I'm super uncomfortable with his value. Yeah, and he's a guy that I, I've been I had on a couple of squads for free, mind you. Um, yeah, that's what she got him for. But I, I saw the window to sell him for a first to, to contenders before the any of the trade deadlines hit for our leagues, and that was that was really my goal was to hold hard and fast for a first round pick, and I got it um, pretty much across nice. the board. So, uh, I, yeah, I I don't know that that's such a weird spot, but just. Based off of like the data that we have on how this works, if you draft a quarter or if you draft a running back or a position in the first round and the guy in front of you who doesn't have as much draft capital is succeeding, it's, it doesn't matter that the guy who was drafted higher just seems to find a way like nine out of ten times. And so in this case, I don't know, maybe this will be the exception of the rule, but I, 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 I like the fact that you know unloading Carson now seems like the right move. Um I'll throw out my guy that I'm that I'm really worried about is somebody who's been a proponent of him throughout the years, and that is Leonard Fournette, another guy who's got a ton of uh, draft capital. But that's a player and a team that I think is just crazy enough um, and just offended enough by this guy that they they might start siphoning things off of his plate. They got Carlos Hyde. This it scares the crap out of me as as a Fournette owner in several places. Um, I just think like the off field stuff uh, and just like, he looks like a plotter. He looks like Zach Stacy, you know, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look like this amazing. He looks like Trent Richardson right now. He does not look like this amazing first round talent, like Barkley or somebody like that um, at this point in his career. And, and I don't know, he, he's a guy that I think could be a sleeper for like biggest fall this, this season from like a draft capital of like in the third, fourth round to, He's like completely in the 16th round. You're hoping he gets, you know, like a Trent Richardson fall from grace basically is what I could see happening. Yeah. I, I think that I, I obviously you say this every time, like you have a, you're a fan of a guy who ends up getting cut and if he ends up getting cut because they, you know, avoided his guarantees because of the suspension. Um, I just, I think he'll bounce back. He'll, he'll land on a team and end up being the RB one, whether it's in Jacksonville or whether it's somewhere else. And Yes, maybe he's not going to be worth that top five selection they spent on him. But I think that he's a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 for fantasy. I, I don't think he's got the T-Rich bust type uh, you know, value coming towards him. I but, think it's more so. The season before he busted, was we would have said the exact same thing about him. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm c- certainly within the range of outcomes, but I, I just don't, I, I'm still a believer in the talent. I think he's a very good running back. He just has to be in the right situation. Um, he has to be on a team that actually believes in him. Um, so, and, and, and a good offense, the Jags were flat out an awful offense this year. And, yeah. you know, that's generally not a good thing for a running back who doesn't get involved in the passing game and is, you know, an in between the tackles runner. And one thing I will say about him is I, I do think the dynasty community is starting to sour on him. So it is not the time to sell him. Cause I think the, opinion- I really think the bottom's going to fall out. And then it's yeah, like- I mean, unless you think he's going to zero. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. not selling him for a second round or like the one twelve at this point. Like I, I drafted him far too, far too high to, to sell that way. Yeah. And I really do think that, I mean, he's just riding on his name. I mean, he's been famous yeah. since he was 16 years old, pretty much. I mean, people basically etched his name in stone as their first round draft pick. When he, you know, for 2017, when he was entering college. And so I think uh, there's a little bit of that just going on. But I think he's, you know, he's got the ankle issues that are far more serious than I think a lot of people are, are mentioning right now, too. Uh, they have been for a few years now. So uh, not not super pumped about a guy coming off a season with 3.3 yards per carry and degenerative ankle problems. But, no, but I mean, what can what can you sell him for right now, though, that you're happy with? Like, if you have Fournette, because that's that's actually a question I'm wrestling with right now, is because I'm overexposed, admittedly, and I'm like, I'm not sure what point I want to be unloading. Yeah, I, I I don't think I could give you a, a, a rational sell point. I only have one uh, share of them right now, and it was one that I had from uh, just an old Debbie share I had from forever ago. Yeah, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know because it, 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 I don't think his startup value is much greater than what his trade value is probably right now because he's still going in like the 30s or so in terms of picks according to DLF ADP, but not sure you pull that. Like that's probably 1.02 value in this class or so. Uh, would you guys be interested in that price? I mean, yeah, not, I'm not buying, but I, I certainly. Um, I, I'd be buying more in like the 107 to 108 range, and I certainly wouldn't sell for anything less than than a mid first. Yeah, I I think I, the the number that keep, the the pick that keeps coming into my head is like I don't know, like the 104, something like that. Is like when I when I start having to th- that's like what I'm wrestling with. But yeah, if I were able to get like the 102 for him, I, I would do that kind of in a heartbeat. I don't think that that's that close, especially as overexposed as I am just trying to make that work because um, yeah, it, it does. It just scares me. And I don't think I, the thing is like, I think you made a very good point, Travis is that like, he's writing his name. Nothing we've seen on the field has looked spectacular. Like he gets 30 carries a game. Of course he's going to be productive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go on to my pick. And I, I think that it's more of a question mark more so than, you know, an actual statement, but Aaron Jones, uh, going into the offseason, I was kind of expecting that the hype train would, would build. It's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, long-term RB1. Aaron Jones is going to be a top 12 dynasty running back. But And maybe that, that's the case for some people. But in a lot of these early uh, mock drafts, whether it be draft Twitter or even big draft like Mel Kuyper and those guys, a lot of people have like Josh Jacobs and other early-round running backs going to the Packers. And I don't necessarily see running back as a huge need for them. I think Aaron Jones is just fine. Maybe he's not like a top five running back or anything, but I think that, you know, he's very, a very serviceable uh, NFL running back and the Packers have plenty of needs elsewhere. Uh, Travis, do you see Aaron Jones at risk for losing his job and, or like, like some of draft Twitter does, or are you more of just uh, this is a bit of an overreaction? 
I think it's definitely an overreaction, and I'm not really worried about this draft class of running backs either. I think uh, there's going to be a, a pretty hilarious small number of running backs that actually get drafted in this class in general. And uh, I think the way the hype's going for Josh Jacobs, he's going to go before the Packers anyway for no reason. I mean, I like him. He's good, but he's he's got weird holes in his profile. And if if like there's not another guy – that you're really excited about that you believe is going to be a day one option. I don't think any running back really deserves to be taken day one in this class. So I'm not, su- I'm not super worried about a- Aaron Jones. And I don't think the Packers go and buy a really expensive free agent at the position either. So I, I, I believe in the talent and I believe in the other options not being great anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, th- this, this backfield has actually turned into something like has turned into something. that's not a problem where Aaron Jones mm-hmm. is electrifying when he's on the field. And even when he's not on the field, like, Jamal Williams can handle the load and is okay. He's not great, but he's enough. He's he's Chris Carson or whatever. I mean, he's or maybe maybe Chris maybe that's unfair to Chris Carson, but very <laughs> very similar like unsexy production um, just by having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So no, I I don't think that that's the case. I think that there's so many other needs on that team that they don't even they don't even explore that. I don't even think they brush against. They might take like a fifth round guy just to shore it up, but. That's all I see. Um, one other guy that I feel like pointing out here is that's on our list that I do not think is going to lose this job, which I've said before, and this is Damian Williams. I think he's started to show himself as more than just a dude, uh, just a guy. I think he's a guy that's that's sneaky right now to, to pick up on your rosters, which I've said on the show before. Is he, though? Is he sneaky? I feel like not people are valuing him at like a mid-first right now. Yeah, maybe. Okay, well, yeah, that's nuts. Um, then, I mean – here's what i'll say is is if you listen to the first time i told you to pick him up and he looked good in that game that was the time to do it the price if the price tag's in the first ra- first round now then no it's it's over the dream's dead y'all yeah he's like going in i think it's the 70s or something the last time i checked for average draft position this month which is wow. probably mid first ish oh I mean, yeah no, that's nuts most- I mean, it's it's crazy how quick this ha- like that that just flips on a dime. But I mean, if a guy's productive and in a in a prolific offense, that's what it takes, right? Well, uh, the one thing with on the Williams side here is that he, they did give him an extension, so you know that they have faith in him, and they they gave him the the touches and the big pressure games in the playoffs. So certainly, I don't think they enter the season with Damian Williams and Charkandrick West as their only running backs. But I think that it's not it's not out of the range outcomes where he's just the RB one there, and then maybe there's a spell running back fourth fifth round guy. Um, so I, I do like Williams, but not at like the mid first price tag. If I can get get him around an early second, I think that's more appropriate. I mean, what's crazy is he didn't flash really at all in that entire stint in Miami, and then he gets this shot and he looks incredible. So I don't know. I, I'm really on the fence with him, but I'm not paying a mid first round pick for him. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. And I'm going to start us off just so I can get uh, under Travis's skin a little bit here. And we're going to start off with Corey Davis. He is He's not going to be cut by the Titans. He's not even going to be benched by the Titans. But is there fear that the Tennessee Titans invest in a wide receiver one at the free, in free agency or in the draft and therefore hurting the future of one Corey Davis? No, I think uh, all the buzz here is uh, as far as like with the draft, uh, they're probably going to go edge early. Maybe they take another wide receiver later on, uh, but I think with their first round pick, they're going to get edge defender or one of the interior alignment. There's really a bunch of solid line edge options uh, in this draft, probably a dozen that are worthy of uh, top 50 consideration. 
And so I think that that's probably going to be the priority uh, given uh, their departures in free agency, retirements, et cetera. Uh, so I think they, they've got so many other options that they're trying to shore up. And for some reason, they want to make Tajay Sharp stick and make it feel like a fifth round pick was a hit, but he just isn't. He's just not good at football. But Corey <laughs> Davis, you know, maybe they do something, but Corey Davis is still going to be the guy and uh, he's going to have some healthy amount of targets. And, you know, he didn't have a blow up year, but, uh, you know, he did have almost 900 yards, even with all the crap that happened. So. I mean, yeah, he, he's he's flashed enough. He just hasn't flashed enough as the 101 overall rookie pick. Like, from that valuation that everybody took him as the first pick, like, sorry, it didn't really work out for you. Like, that that value is not there after the, – I mean, maybe he'll turn into it, but thus far that, that's not the case. But he certainly has been far from a bust. He's a very serviceable wide receiver too. Yeah. And I, and I don't think he's going to lose his job. There's There's – yeah, you're exactly right. It's like, who's taking it? Are they bring in Rashad Matthews back? Is that who's coming back to take the job? Like, no, that's not what's happening. It's definitely not going to happen. Um, I'll I'll throw my hat into the ring of the guy that I think is going to lose his job and a guy who I've been very down on since he came into the league, and that is old Stonehands, Devin Funches. Uh, I will be uh, – I, I just – I I see nothing there that makes me happy. And I he's – He's the guy that, to me, Dynasty and, – and there's still people that love this guy in Dynasty, and that's great. Like, if you have him, go sell him. Uh, but there's, there is – no, I see Travis shaking his head that there are not. No, there are still people who love Devin Funches or like <laughs> Devin Funches maybe at this point. Why? Exactly uh, why. That he's, he's, a replace, he's replaceable. And that at the bottom of the line is what we're talking about. We're saying which one of these guys is replaceable in the draft that – somebody comes in day one in training camp and looks better than Devin Funches, I can buy into that theory. Yeah. yeah I mean, he is a, a, a impending free agent as well. And I think that any sort of movement would be a bad thing for him. I think in Carolina, he kind of stays as the, the wire receiver oh, too, if he resigns uh, behind DJ Moore. But I, I think that any sort of uh, leaving to another uh, team would be bad for his value because he'd at best, he'd be a wire receiver three elsewhere. Or just make him a tight end. That might work. Greg Olson retires. Make him the tight end. That would work. No, because that ruins Ian Thomas, who I love. So, <laughs> yeah, you can't catch. I would hear that up for sure. But uh, I don't know. I think mine would be a, a Manny Sanders. You know, he's kind of over the hill out of this crew that you uh, have listed here. Uh, you know, he's got uh, the tour and Achilles coming back from that, and they're they're probably pretty close to just kind of blowing up that whole franchise and just trying to figure things out. <laughs> so, what do you mean, I, Travis? Drew Locke isn't going to be the savior? Uh, no, especially he really if, uh, could be. I mean, but that's blowing it up. <laughs> yeah, that that would definitely be blowing it up. And Drew Locke, I mean, he. I think I talked about this on a podcast here recently, but he, I mean, he really disappeared at times against any remotely relevant competition had a couple of decent throws here and there in junk time but uh, i don't know why he's supposed to be hyped really and there's really nobody that deserves to be hyped in this quarterback class besides maybe haskins so i, I don't know it's just manny sanders for me out of this crew just because he's expensive and he's injured and you know it's just a lot of things well, up in the air still I'll, i mean i'll push back i don't i don't i mean i think he loses his job because he's expensive but from an yeah. expensive standpoint in dynasty he's always been very productive so this oh, is the type of player that if your team is looking to contend, if you're able to get somebody like Sanders for an early third round pick or a late second round pick and get that production on a team, he's going, I mean, if, if he comes back healthy from this injury, which I realize is an if, but if he does, then 
he'll he'll have value. So he's he's a type of player that if he if he really falls off the radar completely, if he goes full Julian Edelman in dynasty valuation, that he's the kind of guy that you pick up and he would provide that when he's in the game, he would provide that type of value for your team. Yeah, All right, enough. let's go ahead, Travis. I'm just saying, fair enough. All right, let's uh, wrap up our position with Robert Foster. Uh, this is a guy who I think it's kind of just assumed this guy is not going to keep the wide receiver one job in Buffalo, whether it be through free agency or through the draft. But I think that we are poo-pooing his value a little bit too much because I, I think that the, his amount of production in his rookie season always, I mean, that type of production means that it's going to be a, a very productive career for the most part. So I, I think that he is undervalued in Dynasty right now. I'd easily give up a, a mid to late second for him. And maybe that doesn't buy him because of his uh, late career, produ- I mean, late season production. But I think it still could because people are, like I said, are just assuming there's no way he gets that many targets again because, you know, that the Bills aren't going to set Josh Allen up with no weapons once again. So I, I think that Foster oh, is a might. nice depth, depth option at this point um, who showed enough promise in year one to where – uh, he should, you know, at least be valued in that early to mid-second range. Yeah, I don't think he's going to lose his job in Buffalo just because there's literally, I think, a scarecrow on the outside. Like, I, I just, I think Foster Foster lines up and the scarecrow's on the other side and that's it. So I think he keeps his, I think he keeps his job, but this is the type of fantasy asset, and I've said this before, <laughs> that I really just have no interest in owning. Even if he turns pretty good, he's explosive, but he is. I mean, looking through his, he had one, he had one week this past season where he caught over four balls. That's it's just not going to be a high yield. Uh, like it's just not consistent enough for me. He's like a, a, a Deshaun, a Deshaun Jackson to me, like a, a best ball type of guy that I want to have, but a guy that I would never feel comfortable sticking in my lineup. I like having a home run hitter like that. Like, if, especially if I think I'm coming up against a guy that clearly has a better roster than me, I'm like, you know what? Screw you, man. You're going to lose to Robert Foster this week. Congratulations. If you compare anybody with Josh Allen's horrible accuracy, he he misses on like a three-yard slant, but you give him like seven or eight deep shots a game, two of those are going to land in the breadbasket for Robert Foster, and he's going to take one home. So I, I, I think it's at least intriguing, especially when his value is like wide receiver 56 right now for ADP. But I don't know. That's... I, and you're right. The scarecrow's not taking his job either. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what I say is like he, he's a guy. He's nice depth. It's just and and you name the one scenario where sticking somebody like that in your roster makes sense. But it's it's just a situation where every week I sit there and I waffle. And I the weeks I do play him, he poos on me. The weeks I don't play him, he he doesn't poo on me and goes you know goes goes off. Granted, I, I realize that's probably like confirmation bias there. Like it's. <laughs> I'm a recency bias hitting me in the face, but yeah, that's, you know, it's, he's the type of player that I generally just stay away from, but he will be on the field next year for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the tight end position. Travis, who are you eyeing among this group or if you have your own uh, that you think might be a better option of who's going to lose their job? Uh, well, I, I think uh, there are several tight ends uh, in this rookie class that could come in and immediately insert themselves uh, over possibly all these guys, except for maybe, I don't know, maybe Rudolph. I mean, Eifert's only going to be healthy for about two and a half quarters. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Reed's going to be healthy for three and a half quarters. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, in an ASJ, I mean, he's just never really been a thing. He's tried yeah, to. The, the Jags didn't pick up his option, so he's a free agent once again. Yeah. So kind of just saying, he is he going to be a tight end one for an NFL team? He's already, he's already lost it, huh? 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the list you have here. I got they're just a bunch of guys I'm not really worried about. And Jimmy Graham, I mean, even could lose his his job. I think people think that he he's his 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 job's a lot safer than it is. So maybe that's that's my that's my pick because that's the assumed guy that should be healthy enough to, and and good enough to hold a job, and I don't think he is anymore. So and if you remember from this show earlier in the season, I believe all three hosts said we don't want anything to do with Jimmy Graham in 2018. So if you listen to us, congrats to you. There you go. Uh, all right. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on the tight end position, Eric? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, ASJ already lost his job, as we mentioned, and and we've already been on the Jimmy Graham train. Um, I mean, I I I think I agree. I think all of these guys could lose their jobs. Um, Shaheen is on the list. So so just to give you who's left on the list here: Shaheen, Rudolph, Jordan Reed, Eifert. Uh, I think all of their jobs are not safe. I think Eifert has. Uh, has a, I think, I think out of all of them, he's him and Rudolph, I think have the highest chance of being back with their respective teams and not losing their jobs. still having a role. Um, I think Eifert will sign cheaper now. Um, and I think the Bengals would be silly not to give him a pretty cheap, like prove it deal coming off these injuries. And if he is able to stay healthy, he can piece together some real numbers. So, um, I guess my person that would lose his job because you guys have already taken the other two is, is probably Jordan Reed. Um, I just think that he's going to move on to a different a different area. When Vernon Davis is as good as you are on the field, uh, unfortunately, it's it's sad given how dynamic he is. But it's it's a guy that like I think that is just they don't need him on the field. They don't need him on the squad. All right, let's move on to a quick game of rookie. Rookie or the Divi. <laughs> uh, that see, that's why I don't recognize the game is because you changed up rookie or the vet. To rookie or the Devi. Okay, I, I understand now. I understand. Rookie or the Devi. <laughs> Indeed, rookie or the Devi. So, uh, yeah. Eric, I know, I know you'll have lots of contributions during this, but we're going to start off with the quarterback position. And, uh, Travis, just to preface, when we talk quarterback, we always just assume super flex. So we're going to start off with Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State uh, in this draft class or Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, also known as Sunshine. Which one of these guys are you taking in a Debbie league right now? First off, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I work in the music industry and in, in publishing. And mm-hmm. so if you guys want to form a country duo and move to Nashville, you got my support. Please. <laughs> All right. I, I will I will keep that in mind. I've been listening to some country recently because I've been bored with my music. And that's yeah. uh and I'm I'm you know, now I'm I'm starting to learn the roots of the song. I can sing about my pickup truck, my twelve pack of beer. <laughs> I can uh, boat, uh, yeah. gigging frogs, uh, oh, yeah. taking the back. Yeah, basically, you should be signed right now. There's Dan and Shay, and then there's Eric and Nathan. There it is. That's there right. Brooks and Dunn of the group. All right, let's move on. Oh, yeah. But anyway, Trevor Lawrence, that dude is the truth. That that guy is the truth. Like, if he was in this class right now, if, if he could enter the draft after his true freshman season – I would be like, you know what? First pick overall, all the, you can have all the money. Just take it. Tenured, you know, you know, a John Gruden deal. Yeah, we're just gonna trade that out. You you have that John Gruden deal. Like that, that's that's who I'm wanting, and uh, it's not really close for me. I like Haskins, but uh, Trevor Lawrence two years from now. That's that's the truth right there. But that I mean, I guess because because right now he's the truth, right? But a lot can happen from being a 19 year old kid, and this is always what I flirt with in. Debbie leagues just regardless is like realized value now, which Haskins will have versus 
value down the future that's significantly higher, but the uncertainty is so much higher that this is, this is like the perfect question of that um, where I think the trap is to take Trevor Lawrence because he's the better player right now, but who, who knows, who knows what happens to him. Um, Maybe he picks up a habit in college because he's a big celebrity now. Maybe, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. Like there's any number of things that can happen to somebody from when I was 19 or 18 going to going to 22, a lot of things happened as a person. So uh, I don't know. This is this is one that I think it's Trevor Lawrence again because I, I just don't think Haskins is a sure thing. I think Haskins could very well be a, a quarterback that does not – the next Blaine Gabbert. This show also is sponsored by Blaine Gabbert, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it is, it's Lawrence, but I, I just felt like it was worth pointing that out. But maybe you have a better way to do it, Nathan, since you play a lot more Debbie. For me, this this is Dwayne Haskins because – it's just so much the certainty and the value of a quarterback that's going to be on my roster this year. And it's possibly going to be starting games for me this year that, you know, we've talked about just being a starting quarterback in the NFL has a value. And so you have the wait time of, you know, Trevor Lawrence have to wait at least two years for him to be the best quarterback prospect ever. So certainly he, his value could rise some from being, Oh, now he's the greatest quarterback prospect ever to now he's the greatest quarterback prospect ever. And now he's in the NFL. That's the way his value could rise. Whereas Dwayne Haskins, if he has a really great rookie season or first great couple of years in the NFL, he goes from good to great prospect to great NFL quarterback. And so there's certainly a higher ceiling for Haskins in the immediate years, because he's going to be doing it at the NFL level. And then there's the, the floor of he's going to, as of now, it looks like he's a top 10 NFL draft pick. And yes, so is Trevor Lawrence, but it's still two years away on that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a wild, I mean, it's, it's exactly right. It's like, it's, there's a math equation to this for sure. Of like when, if he, if, if Trevor Lawrence turns into Andrew Luck, when he catches up value, because Andrew Luck was the sure truth, but Andrew Luck for like three years in his NFL or two years in his NFL career was, was nothing for you. So if you did take, I'm like trying to think of a comparable example of that. Like, took a guy, I'm uh, I'm blanking from like two years earlier in the draft that was like more of a mid uh, tier quarterback that that I bet you he largely has outproduced. An Andy Dalton, maybe. All right, yeah, I just think it's okay. different. I just think it's different with Trevor Lawrence. He, I mean, like he was the truth before he was even in college. Like this is not just a re- reaction to the the college football playoff. This is like. Before he was even done with the recruiting season, he was the number one overall prospect according to 24-7 Composites ranking. They they gave him a rating. like They give these players ratings. He had a .9999 rating. Like, it's just like, keep on going with the nines. Like, he had, they don't give perfect ratings. He had the most perfect rating you can possibly have as a prospect. I think it's just, he, like, Andrew Luck was a kind of a slam dunk coming in as a recruit, and then he kind of, took off and then it was it was the obvious decision trevor lawrence is is like the the best quarterback prospect in like the last 10 years and so i think that's for me that's why i don't care what time value money equation we're we're setting out and his expected interest rate in terms of rookie draft picks or whatever i got i just i just think it's gonna be trevor lawrence okay i mean and that's totally fair I, i think that that's that's fair and i think that you're basically saying that's i'm gonna have a guy for 10 years once he gets into the league something like that Hopefully. All right, let's move on to the, some running backs. We got David Montgomery of Iowa State. Many consider him the RB1 in this class. Or Cam Akers, who was the, the top recruit coming out of uh, going into Florida State. 
and many claim him as the top 2020 running back or 20, yeah, 2020 running back as of right now. Uh, so which way are you leaning with this rookie or the Debbie? We'll go with uh, Travis first. Uh, here I'm going to go with David Montgomery. Uh, and it's uh, for the opposite reasons, <laughs> kind of like what you guys were saying. You get, you get the player now. And I, I actually believe in David Montgomery. He's been run, my running back one in this class for a bit. And I think he's going to plug in and have a role immediately year one. And Cam Akers was a weird prospect to begin with. Even coming out of high school, he was basically a wildcat quarterback, uh, kind of a weird way to uh, confidently put him as the number one running back when he really wasn't even even the conventional position until he got to to college. And now he's probably maybe my fifth running back for next year uh, if he you know comes out next year. So I'd, I'd say Montgomery for me, for me right now. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is just a philosophy side of things for me. And especially with running back is like, this is an extreme example of production now, please. Uh, and I'll just, I'll take the production now. Yeah. All right. Uh, my, my take is I'll take acres here. The Florida state offense was absolutely pitiful. A joke. It shouldn't have even been a D one offense. That's how bad their quarterback situation has been the last couple of years. And so he certainly hasn't been put in the best situation to succeed. But when he had, when he has, you know, flashed, he's flashed as, wow, this guy could legit be an RB1 in the NFL, uh, you know, top 10 running back. And I just haven't seen that flash from David Montgomery. I, I feel like we're looking at the elusive ratings from PFF from 2017. And that is still like, uh, carrying David Montgomery to being, a, you know, an RB1. So there is some risk involved in waiting the year on, on acres, but I think he's more explosive and a higher, uh, upside prospect. Fair enough. All right. Next one will be Joshua Jacobs of Alabama. One more of these two, Nathan. I feel like we're running a little bit longer. Okay. Then we'll we'll do wire super. Ready? You can just go. I'll leave it all. I I know. I I just want to give it a second so you can edit this better. I'm not going to edit it. Just go ahead. Yes, you're going to edit it. I bet you it's going to be in the show. Want to listen? You're you're no. I'm not going to listen. I'm not subscribing (laughs) right now. Here we go. Our last one will be the wide receiver position, and it's going to be uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, the consensus wide receiver one. Uh, or not? I would actually, I'd say that's fading a little bit. I would say many people have him valued as the wide receiver one in this class. And Rondale Moore, who had pro- arguably the most impressive freshman season from a wide receiver we've seen in a long time. Uh, Travis, thoughts on Harry versus Moore? Quick question, though. Did you actually know I was a Purdue graduate? I don't think so. Boiler up, baby. Boiler up, man. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You threw Rondell Moore in just for me, but no, that's that's cool. That's fine. I mean, I, I'm in love with Rondell Moore. I think he's the greatest wide receiver to ever live. So, <laughs> yeah, you would be right then. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I could gush about Rondell Moore uh, for an entire podcast, but I won't. Uh, but I think uh, you, you got to wait two more years for him. And he is five nine. He is one seventy five. There's there's a lot that we still probably have to see from him, uh, and I think Nikhil Harry, the price that you know he warrants right now from a lot of people and has for a couple of years already, and now we're finally getting to you know see him go pro. I think right now the the pick for me would be Harry, although I, I can't wait to see more uh, make it because I mean he's Hornung Award winner, you know most versatile player in college football. Recent winners of that award would be Christian McCaffrey. Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, some some real real 
game-changing talents. Basically, the last five winners of the, the award that Rondell Moore just won this past year for most versatile player were all first-round NFL draft picks. So I can't wait to see him in the pros. Yeah, uh, I'll go here and I'll, I'll say, while I do love Rondell Moore, that I think that I'll, I'll go ahead and take Nikhil Harry here just because of the safety and price. He's going to be a top draft pick this year. You can get the points immediately. But it speaks to how much, how good Rondell Moore is. Uh, 1,200 receiving yards, 200 rushing yards, uh, you know, two way player. That the fact that he can compete after one year with a guy who's basically being considered the 101 right now, it, Rondell Moore is very, very good and should be the Debbie 101 in all your Debbie leagues this year. All righty, wrap us up. All right. Well, that'll end the show. Um, and as you heard when I announced to Nathan that that was going to be our last one and made him pick because I'm leaving it in the show, you'll know that this is now the end of the show. So uh, I want to thank uh, Travis for coming on the show. Make sure you follow Travis on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, make sure you check out the Dynasty Command Center and the Dynasty Command Center podcast. Uh, <clears throat> DynastyCommandCenter.com is where you can go find that or you can find them on Twitter or really just yeah, follow him on Twitter and you'll you'll see. Um so appreciate appreciate you for being on the show. Anything you want to add at the end here? I just always appreciate you guys. Uh, I've been on this pod with you a few times now, and it's always a, a joy to see your lovely faces and uh, just the, the sheer, you know, the impressive just professionalism of you leaving various things in the show like you do. <laughs> I, know, I know it's really just uh, leaving it. Yeah, I, yeah, but no, I, it's it's always a great time. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. Well, glad to join any time, and I'm so happy that, that uh, we got to talk about Rondell Moore. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, make sure you leave five-star ratings and reviews uh, on iTunes and anywhere you listen to the podcast. That helps other listeners find us. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl this week. And, uh, you know, I don't know that I have too much else. So, Nathan, what do you say? Kadoosh. Kadoosh. We'll see you next week. Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.